Greetings folk, it is Nick Spool Engel, and today I'm reading out of a D.L. Moody book entitled The Overcoming Life. Part 1, The Christian's Warfare. I would like to have you open your Bible at the first epistle of John, 5th chapter, 4th and 5th verses. Let's open our Bible. So it's 1 John, chapter 5, verse 4. Whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world, but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God? Okay, that's obviously the King James, with the these and the thous, but the meaning is the same. What a battle is fought. All are anxious to know who are the victors. In these verses we are told who is to gain the victory in life. When I was converted... I made this mistake. I thought the battle was already mine, the victory already won, the crown already in my grasp. I thought that old things had passed away, that all things had become new, and my old corrupt nature, the Adam life, was gone. But I found out, after serving Christ for a few, for a few months, that conversion was only like enlisting in the army, that there was a battle on hand and that if I was to get a crown, I had to work for it and fight for it. Salvation is a gift, as free as the air we breathe. It is to be obtained like any other gift, without money, without price. There are no other terms. To him that worketh not, but believeth. But on the other hand, if we are to gain a crown, we must work for it. Let me quote a few verses in 1 Corinthians. For other foundation can no man lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. But if any man buildeth on the foundation gold, silver, and costly stones, wood, hay, stubble, each man's work shall be made manifest. For the day shall declare it, because it is revealed in fire, and the fire itself shall prove each man's work, of what sort it is. If any man's work shall abide, which he built thereon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved yet so as through fire. We see clearly from this that we may be saved, yet all our works burned up. I may have a wretched, miserable voyage through life with no victory and no reward at the end, saved, yet so as by fire, or as Job puts it, with the skin of my teeth.
I believe that a great many men will barely get to heaven as Lot got out of Sodom. Burned out. Nothing left. Works and everything else destroyed. It is like this. When a man enters the army, he's a member of the army the moment he enlists. He is just as much a member as a man who has been in the army 10 or 20 years. But enlisting is one thing, and participating in a battle, another. Young converts are like those just enlisted. It is folly for any man to attempt to fight in his own strength. The world, the flesh and the devil are too much for any man. But if we are linked to Christ by faith and he is formed in us the hope of glory, then we shall get the victory over every enemy. It is believers who are the overcomers. Thanks be unto God, which always causeth us to triumph in Christ. Through him we shall be more than conquerors. I wouldn't think of talking to unconverted men about overcoming the world. For it is utterly impossible they might as well try to cut down the American forest with their pen knives. But a good many Christian people make this mistake. They think the battle is already fought and won. They have an idea that all they have to do is to put the oars down in the bottom of the boat and the current will drift them into the ocean of God's eternal love. But we have to cross the current. We have to learn how to watch and fight and how to overcome. The battle has only just commenced. The Christian life is a conflict and a warfare. And the quicker we find it out, the better. There's not a blessing in this world that God has not linked himself to. All the great and higher blessings God associates with himself. When God and man work together, then it is that there is going to be victory. We are co-workers with him. You might take a mill and put it 40 feet above a river and there isn't capital enough in the States to make the river turn the mill. But get it down about 40 feet and away it works. We want to keep in mind that if we are going to overcome the world, we have got to work with God. It is His power that makes all the means of grace effectual. The story is told that Frederick Douglass, the great slave orator, once said in a mournful speech, When things looked dark for his race, the white man is against us, governments are against us, the spirit of the times is against us. I see no hope for the colored race. I am full of sadness. Just then a woman rose in the audience and said, Frederick, is God dead? My friend, it makes a difference when you count God in. Now, 
many a young believer is discouraged and disheartened when he realizes this warfare. He begins to think that God has forsaken him, that Christianity is not all that it professes to be. But we should rather regard it as an encouraging sign. No sooner has a soul escaped from the snare than the great adversary takes steps to ensnare it again. He puts forth all his power to recapture his lost prey. The fiercest attacks are made on the strongest forts. And the fiercer the battle the young believer is called on to wage, the surer the evidence it is the work of the Holy Spirit in his heart. God will not desert him in his time of need, any more than he deserted his people of old when they were hard-pressed by their foes. Next section is entitled, The Only Complete Victor. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. The only man that ever conquered the world was complete victor, was Jesus Christ. When he shouted on the cross, it is finished. It was the shout of a conqueror. He had overcome every enemy. He had met sin and death. He had met every foe that you and I have got to meet and had come off victor. Now, if I have got the Spirit of Christ, if I have got the same life in me, then it is that I have got a power that is greater than any power in the world. And with that same power, I overcome the world. Notice that everything human in this world fails. Every man, the moment he takes his eyes off God, has failed. Every man has been a failure at some period of his life. Abraham failed, Moses failed, Elijah failed. Take the men that have become so famous that that were so mighty, the moment they got their eye off God, they were weak like other men. And it is a very singular thing that these men failed on the strongest point in their character. I suppose it was because they were not on the watch. Abraham was noted for his faith, and he failed right there. He denied his wife. Moses was noted for his meekness and humility and he failed right there. He got angry. God kept him out of the promised land because he lost his temper. I know he was called the servant of God and that he was a mighty man and had power with God. But humanly speaking, he failed and was kept out of the promised land. Elijah was noted for his power in prayer and for his courage. Yet he became a coward. He was the boldest man of his day and stood before Ahab and the royal court and all the prophets of Baal. Yet when he heard that Jezebel had threatened his life, he ran away to the desert and under a juniper tree prayed that he might die. Peter was noted for his boldness and a little maid 
scared him nearly out of his wits. As soon as she spoke to him, he began to tremble. He swore that he didn't know Christ. I've often said to myself that I'd like to have been there the day of Pentecost, alongside of that maid when she saw Peter preaching. Why, I suppose, she said, what has come over that man? He was afraid of me only a few weeks ago, and now he stands up before all Jerusalem and charges these very Jews with the murder of Jesus. The moment he got his eye off his master, he failed. And every man, I don't care who he is, even the strongest, every man that hasn't Christ in him is a failure. John, the beloved disciple, was noted for his meekness, and yet we hear him wanting to call fire down from heaven on a little town because it had refused the common hospitalities. The next section is entitled Triumphs of Faith. Now, how are we to get the victory over all our enemies? Turn to Galatians 2.20. Galatians 2.20. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I. But Christ liveth in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. We live by faith. We get this life by faith and become linked to Emmanuel, God with us. If I have God for me, I am going to overcome. How do we gain this mighty power? By faith. The next passage I want to call to your attention is Romans 11.20 Because of unbelief they were broken off and thou standest by faith. The Jews were cut off on account of their unbelief. We were grafted in on account of our belief. So notice we live by faith and we stand by faith. Next, we walk by faith. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 7 For we walk by faith, not by sight. The most faulty Christians I know are those who want to walk by sight. They want to see the end, how a thing is going to come out that isn't walking by faith at all, that is walking by sight. I think the characters that best represent this Difference are Joseph and Jacob. Jacob was a man who walked with God by sight. You remember his vow at Bethel, If God will be with me and will keep me in this way that I go and will give me bread to eat and raiment to put on so that I come again to my father's house in peace, then shall the Lord be my God. And you remember how his heart revived when he saw the wagons Joseph sent him from Egypt. He sought after signs. He never could have gone through the temptations and trials that his son Joseph did. 
Joseph represents a higher type of Christian. He could walk in the dark. He could survive 13 years of misfortune in spite of his dreams and then ascribe it to all ascribe it all to the goodness and providence of God. Lot and Abram are good illustration are a good illustration. Lot turned away from Abram and tented on the plains of Sodom. He got a good stretch of pasture land, but he had bad neighbours. He was a weak character and he should not have and he should have kept with Abraham to get strong. A good many Men are just like that. As long as their mothers are living or they are bolstered up by some godly person, they get along very well. But they can't stand alone. Lot walked by sight, but Abraham walked by faith. He went out in the footsteps of God by faith. Abraham, um, when he was called to go out into a place which he should only, which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed, and he went out not knowing whither he went. By faith he sojourned in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise, for he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. And again we fight by faith. Ephesians 6 chapter verse 13. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Every dart Satan can fire at us, we can quench by faith. By faith we can overcome the evil one. To fear is to have more faith in your antagonist than in Christ. I think we'll stop there for today, but let's just pray. Father, we thank you for faith. We thank you that you said the just or the righteous shall live by their faith. So I thank you, Lord, for, for faith. I thank you for wisdom. I thank you, Lord, that you strengthen us. Forgive us our sin. We trust in you, Lord. Help us to believe you. We thank you that you are more than able, Lord, and you're good. We love you, Lord. Give ourselves to you. In Jesus' name, amen.